We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, everybody? Before we get into today's show, we got to do some housekeeping notes just to give you guys a little bit of an idea of what's happening behind the scenes. So I had a episode scheduled for today, talked about it on weekly updates, and my guests had to reschedule. So I am throwing off the order a little bit. If you are a member of the Patreon, on Patreon right now, you can get the AFC South Division preview that Alan and I did. That was up on Tuesday. That episode is actually coming out on Monday. Today's episode is the NFC South Division. Like I said, my guests had to reschedule getting that person on in the near future. So my buddy Dom, shouts to Dom, editor Dom. He's editing the video for the YouTube channel. The AFC South Division is going to be up on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. If you haven't subscribed yet, please head on over there and do so. I'm doing weekly videos on some, some topics that I like. You know, I did a video last week that got some good feedback on the U.S. men's national team winning the World Cup in 2026. I've done a video on Pat Mahomes' contract and a bunch of other stuff, Cam Newton, why everyone's sleeping on that. So if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, that's pumping out some unique content over there. And the reason, once again, like I said, if you guys are a member of the Patreon, the AFC South Division, which was already scheduled that whole video is going to be up on monday for all of you listening now that are members of the patreon that's going to be available on monday this nfc south members of the patreon you guys haven't heard the whole episode there is a video up there and there's a video right now on the youtube channel that you could watch of the nfc south division so i just wanted to say how we had to reshuffle a couple of things so that's why things might be out of order also, staying with the Patreon, I know, I know I am plugging away, but I'm trying to build something really cool right now. Patreon is pumping out a lot of content, and I'm looking to move into an apartment 
to treat like a workplace. So any little bit of the contributions that you guys can make to the show would be greatly appreciated. And it's going to that. We've hired an ad team. We've hired an editor. A lot of cool shit is happening over here. And for the month of August, the contest is going to be the NFL Pick'em Pool like we did last year. The most correct picks. If you don't know the history of it, we give out a pretty, pretty nice prize. I should have the name of the person that won it last year, but I'm an asshole and I forgot to <laughs> look into that, who won it last year. So definitely check that out. It's going to be in the $10 tier or higher. It's a very, very big prize pool. We're giving away three prizes. First prize is money because we all like and could use some money, to be honest with you. Second place is a merch bundle. And I forgot what third place is once again because I'm an asshole and I forgot. So head on over there. I appreciate it if you guys would um, contribute, if you can. And the changes for the Patreon is going to commence, bar of the day, starting August 1st. Now, we've implemented some of these changes along the way, but it's something that has been happening over a long period of time now and we're slowly transitioning into that so if you are in the one dollar or three dollar tier we are scrapping that it's going to be five ten twenty and forty dollar tiers go and check that out see what you get and what's available so with all that being said my guy a double l e n we're on this right now nfc south division he knows the division well i like to think i know the division well we got bars you know the vibes A-double-L-E-N in the building. What up? We got a big episode here. This this division is definitely your favorite, right? <laughs> the, the always underappreciated NFC South. Oh, man. Oh, man. A lot of a lot of changes in this division. Yeah. When you look at it. Um, a lot of question marks in this division. And I would say a lot of people on the hot seat for different reasons. A lot of teams are trying to win now. Three of them, I would say, are trying to win now. And another one is trying to find their identity. Yeah. So, I want to. This one was a perfect episode. Like I said, in when we did the AFC South, how there's no one whose opinion I trust more when it comes to the Falcons because you cover them and you do a, a show about the Falcons. What's the name of the Falcons show? Locked again? on Falcons. And with you knowing the Falcons well, it's just a direct correlation that you're going to know the South well, too. So, again, the question we've kind of been jump-starting all these conversations with is, what's your overarching view of this division? It's going to be a lot of pressure given Tampa Bay, for I think the first time in a decade, is nationally relevant. It's just mm-hmm. big that Tampa Bay, you know, they've been kind of the punchline. They've been kind of the whipping boy of the division. Now, you expect the, you know, they fully expect themselves to be contenders, but now it's just like, okay, are they going to be for a walker spot or are they going to challenge for a division i think that's the big question because you know for a long time i would say the nfc south has been between new orleans atlanta and carolina and now with carolina just kind of revamping i'm not sure if they're doing a total rebuild given the contract they gave the teddy b but you know i think carolina realizes it's going to be a bit of a process but between tampa bay atlanta in a kind of a year dan quinn pretty much knows this make or break year singles for thomas Dimitrov, and then new orleans just trying to win that super bowl at this point 
it's been a long couple of deflating playoff losses. It's a long struggle. They're trying to get back to where they think they belong. So I think this division is going to be very exciting, but it's also going to be a lot of pressure for three teams in particular. And then I still think Carolina, even though they're ever building, there's still a lot of talent there, and they just want to see some progress because things went south bad last year. Like I think from November onwards, they were arguably the worst team in the league. So Well, when they went to San Francisco and got – Molly Wapped. Tevin Coleman, like four touchdowns. That was, I remember one of my, I was like, yo, one of my favorite bets of the year is Carolina getting five and a half. <laughs> I think it was 28 nothing at halftime. Kyle Allen, <laughs> San Francisco, man. Dude, it was a spot because that I, train died, by the way. Remember Kyle Allen? Oh, franchise quarterback. Cam uh, Cam talks about that. Again, we mentioned it towards the tail end of uh, our last episode when we were on together. He talks about the Kyle Allen situation. It was very, very interesting, man. Definitely uh, go and check that out. But you're right. That division, three teams are kind of in a win-now, prove-to-us kind of year because a lot of people's jobs are on the line. And then on the flip side, you got Carolina, new head coach, new quarterback, just paid the running back Christian McCaffrey, who has spent his offseason getting money, getting the 99 club. And spending a lot of time with Miss Universe. Yeah, he's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. Running backs still matter. Running backs still matter. That stallion and Miss Universe. Great girl, goes without saying. But I want to start off a little bit with Carolina. I think with them, they have lost a lot of like iconic players for them. Yeah, it's really been end of an era when you think about it. One on the offense, one on the defense. You lose Cam Newton. I would say two on the defense. Thomas Davis was a huge figure Thomas. there. Yeah, but he, he left. I know he left, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. That's a good point, but he was there for a very long time. And Luke Keekley, I think I'm older than Luke Keekley by a month. Damn. And he retires. Yeah. And, man, that was one of... Dude, that happened in, like, February or March. I think it happened, like, in January. You might be right. Because I remember someone big retired in January, and it kind of, like, shook the world. Yeah. It might have been before the conference championships. Damn, that felt like years yeah. ago, right? How crazy this year's been? But, dude, uh, Carolina now, they have a lot of new, a lot of question marks. And when you lose two iconic players like that, like, those guys are going to get there. I, I know shit is sour right now between Cam, Team Cam, and Team Panthers. But eventually, there's going to be a, a come-to-Jesus moment for both of them. And they're right. going to be like, you know, lovey-dovey. Yeah. Not now, initially. Right. It's like when you break up with someone, bro, yeah. right away, you're not going to be like, you know, you're going to block them on Instagram yeah. or you're going to unfollow them and shit. And you're going to be like, yo, I hate this bitch or I hate this dude. Pictures are deleted. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like uh, you throw away the shirt that reminds you right. of that person. But eventually, like with time. Time heals all wounds. Time heals all yeah. wounds. And that's what I think yeah. is going to happen with Cam yeah. and the Panthers. And then Luke Keekley has been an anchor, one of the best players on the defensive side of the football for a long ass yeah. time. He hasn't mentioned Greg Olson too. Greg Olson. Shouts yeah. to Blue Wire. Greg Olson now on board with uh, the team over at Blue Wire. And yeah, man, it's it's a lot of new a lot of new faces. But I also like some of the pieces that Carolina has. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest veteran there is like, K1 Short right now. I remember K1 Short just coming to the league not too long ago, but now he's like one of the last guys. Him and Shaq Thompson on that defense are like the last two pillars because I remember like going to every year big, okay, Carolina's a top 10 defense. Okay, they're going to be stout against the run and you know they got that front four and Ron Rivera is going to blitz like crazy. Now it's just you know Carolina might have bomb five defense and they're going to be relying on their stacked receiving corps and McCaffrey to pretty much score 20 games, 28 points a game. 
Well, they ain't going to score 28 points a game. No, not with a uh, conservative Teddy B. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not going to be the case. But I think that's what they're going to have to do to stay competitive because I, you look at that defense, it's like they only have much of a pass rush. The secondary is a disaster. They got your old pal Eli Apple starting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Eli Apple. What a shit show. I just shot a video for the Giants. Where Where did it all go wrong? And it's like... Since 2006, when they draft Ma- Matthias Kiwanuka, they've re-signed two first-round picks, and then both of them got traded the year after re-signing them. Odell and... It was Odell and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. Man. You can't... Winning organizations do not do that. Shouts to Eli Apple, man. Um, I have a question for you. Is it possible that Tampa Bay is overhyped? I think it depends, like, what are you watching or what are you listening to? Because I'm not sure, like... It, f- for you. For me, no. I think Tampa Bay should be very good. I think that defense is going to blow people away this year. I think they got bad rap last year because Winston put them in so many bad situations when it comes to, you know, field position. I think if Brady doesn't turn over the ball, they should be able to be fine offensively between, you know, the, the star power they have and this Bruce Arians being one of the best offensive minds and... Then you look at the defense. I think that pass rush, they're going to cause some serious damage with Vita Vea, Sue, Shaq Barrett, JPP. Like that front four is just vicious. And then mm-hmm. they got a couple of young corners covered. And then can't forget the linebackers with uh, Levante David. And Yo, Le- I think a top five linebacking corp. Yeah. And say what you want, but Top Bowles, he's a very good coordinator. He's doesn't, an doesn't awesome quite coordinator. Doesn't quite cut out as a coach, but people forgot yeah. how good he was with um, Arizona. Arians in Arizona. Yeah. That, that he's in Philly that, for a bit as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And wow, that's an interesting dynamic that they got the head coach in the D.C. from. That's why I like the coaching trees are so interesting mm-hmm. because you're always going to have opportunities mm-hmm. as long as one guy is flourishing. Right? Like Bruce Arians, even though he retired, he was still a hot commodity. A lot of people right. wanted him. And I think with Tampa Bay, man, you're right. There's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of turnover over there. And they also bring Gronkowski, former 24-7 champion in WWE. <laughs> but you bring in Brady as well. And he has a lot of weapons, man. He has a lot of weapons at his disposal. And I and they address the offensive line, right? Worf's they trade up very, to get is very highly regarded. So you're right that they are in a win-now situation for them. Like, Worf's was the most ready tackle in the draft mm-hmm. per every draft expert, every draft analyst. I am having a hard time finding anyone to win the NFC that's not named the Saints. I think the Saints are my pick to win the NFC. I love their odds. They're 15 to 1 odds at FanDuel. I love everything that they've done. I guess I'll open it up right now with my biggest addition in that division, Manny Sanders. Same here. It was between him and Jenkins. I went with Sanders more just because I think they needed Sanders more than Jenkins. I know Jenkins is a huge uh figure there you know being that he was drafted from there and he's just overall a huge leader but i think the saints needed another explosive receiver and they just got the perfect piece and they saw firsthand what he's capable of that monster game that he had in the superdome but also sanders is the prime example of a guy who was in a situation where he wasn't able to flourish in denver towards the last couple of seasons because you know they were kind of in uh the worst situation you could be as a team where you you weren't sure if you could win now or you should tank. They were kind or of or just... it's just your GM doesn't know how to pick quarterbacks. John Elway. Yo, I was talking about that with Raider Cody. Shots to mm-hmm. Cody, man. The AFC West episode. I think that's the most overrated 
like take people have that he's a quarterback whisperer. I don't think he is. Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch, right? You you struck gold on Peyton Manning, which I understand. He had how many surgeries? Like six, about that. six neck surgeries, yeah, yeah. and no one knew if he could even grip a football. But it's, it's still fucking Peyton Manning. Bro. And I still think it's egregious that you went to last year with Joe Flacco as your QB. Like you couldn't that go with a better option. Like I think you should be held accountable for that. Like there's a reason why Manuel Sanders said after the they lost to Green Bay, he just said flat out, "We suck right now." Yeah. And it's just like how do you go how any team will go into season like okay Joe Flacco's our default starter like there's just zero encouragement there so I will put that on John Elway. Manny Sanders going over there. You look at the weapons that Drew Brees has at his disposal. Cook the tight end, a guy by the name of Michael Thomas on the outside. Kamara going into a contract year. You just saw the new market for the running back position, and you know he's going to be chopping at the bits to put up a really monster year. There's some. Uh, um, uh, touchdown regression, like positive regression, progression. Like, well, what's the proper term for that? What do you mean? You know how, like, they say there's regression to the mean, or you know, yeah. touchdown reg- regression. Like last year, the hot take that every fantasy expert had was Pat Mahomes is going to regress. It's like, yeah, no shit, he threw yeah. fifty touchdowns. Or Ty Lockett. Or Ty Lockett, yeah. right? So, what is it when he's gonna? It's like, progression, right? I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah. I don't know. No, like if it, if it's increased, it's going to be progression. Yeah. I think some people are saying that about Leonard Fournette because he like scored like three touchdowns last year. Well, he got tackled inside the five yard <laughs> line. I think like nineteen times. <laughs> so I think they said like Fournette should have progression. Yeah. So I think Kamara should be in line for a big year. Um, the offensive line is still solid. You have Sean Payton over there. The defense, I think, is really really good. Returning a lot of starters, and I think exactly what they needed, similar to Green Bay. I thought Green Bay needed another explosive wide receiver opposite of Devontae Adams. Now, imagine what Michael Thomas could do where teams don't got to roll coverage to him. What Kamara could do now. Mm. Cook was having big games. Down the seam, yeah. I love Manny Sanders. I thought Manny Sanders was one of the biggest subtractions in the whole league. And I think he's one of the biggest additions in the whole league. Couldn't agree more. I I think, especially now with Sean Payton, Mm. you you had another piece there. And I just think... One thing with New Orleans, like you look at some of those playoff games, like their offense kind of stagnated at times. You look at how they played Minnesota, how they played well, twice, and then also the Rams. It's just like that offense kind of petered out in some of those games. Like they should have scored more, but for whatever reason, they just couldn't move the ball. There were times where they got stopped on third down or some of the turnovers. Like Breeze turned it over quite a bit, especially not just the Rams game, but against Minnesota last year. Mm-hmm. So I just think Alex Sanders like, go, gets the point now. It's like, okay, they should be able to score in the high 20s low 30s because you know like you look at those playoff losses their offense kind of let them down in those games it was the defense that kind of held their own so guy like sanders he should help you know come january in those big playoff games where you're playing the best of the best he's going to be able to make what five six catches for 80 90 yards yeah and also there's a guy who's been there done that he's won a super bowl he's played in big games so the moment isn't too big for him and there there are times where Breeze is force feeding the ball to Michael Thomas and it's just not there. I know that's only like one or two games that mm-hmm. that happens, but now I just think that it's going to open up everything for the the offense in New Orleans. Are we crazy for not saying Brady? No, because it's kind of come off average here. I know everyone talks about the supporting cast, but still there are reasons to be concerned about Brady. Yeah, I think so too, man. I think it's his age is going to show. Mm-hmm. Like eventually, bro, father time does catch up to you. And like I said on the last episode, it's going to come down to is he 
going to show that he's a 43-year-old quarterback? Or is the excuse going to be in the reasoning to his down year in 2019 was because he just didn't have the weapons around him? Exactly. So I'm very, very intrigued by what that storyline is going to be for that division, and in particular, the uh, the Bucks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. On the entertainment side, Floyd Money Mayweather. Yes, the man, the myth, the legend joins the bet online team to bring you a brand new segment called the ice is right floyd talks about his jewelry and gives you the chance to bet on the cost of his bling to win some great prizes i wonder if he's giving away a watch dog swing that this way visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news remember to use the promo code blue wire to receive your new welcome bonus that's promo code blue wire bet online your online wagering Experts. Alan, give me your biggest subtraction in the NFC South. There's no debate, right? Cam, Cam Newton. Oh my God, that's horrible of me. Horrible of me. Yes, yes. I know the Falcons lost some players, but I'm not going to say. Oh, Desmond Trufant's a bigger loss mm. than. Kev dude, it's gotta be Kev dude. Nice. I gotta make some changes to mine because you're right. That that's that's the one. It's just I can't believe I forgot Kev. Like I know he didn't play last year. He well, right, two games, but it's just how's that offense gonna look, especially under Matt Rule? I just don't know if Teddy B's uh, not just the answer, but I just don't know schematically is he the right fit? Because Teddy B's not one to push the ball downfield. He's not a risk taker. He's kind of just the complete opposite of Cam. You know, they're just he's okay. You got his athleticism factor there. Like Teddy B could scramble and make some plays on open field. You know, make defenders miss. But it's just you know losing Cam. You just have this huge figure, this all aggressive quarterback who's never been phased. Someone that will put the ball in harm's way, but more times than not, he can make those tight window throws. It's just they're going. It's going to be quite a just not just culture change, but just on the field going for Teddy B. Someone who. Isn't someone that likes to take chances while Cam Newton's the ultimate risk taker? I think that's you know just not just the biggest subtraction, but I'm just wondering how Carolina's offense is going to look like, especially with those receivers, because they do have a very talented receiving corps. Yeah. Do you want to take a guess who mine were? It was two. I'll give you a hint. It was two players, and they played the same position. I'll give you another hint. One is very close to home. I was One's got to be Trufant, right or no? Nah. Never had Desmond Trufant. Okay. Austin Hooper and Greg Olson. All right. Not on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> I like Hooper, but he never considered him. And all right, Greg Olson, he's cool. But. Well, so so let me explain. Greg Olson from a leadership leadership standpoint. Yeah. I thought he was fading already. He was. Yeah. He was. Injuries but I, really caught up to him. But I do think that he's in line to have a monster year in Seattle because that system and everyone knows – uh, Russ in the tight end, they just love it. And I think, again, going from he fits yeah. the criteria of what I like in an athlete, the aging veteran, sort of on his last licks, and he's going now from a pretender to a contender. Yeah. And like, I he think, could score eight touchdowns easy. I think so. Yeah. I think if you could get like 60 catches out of Greg Olson, mm. seven to eight touchdowns, I think you sign up for that right now. Yeah. I'm not sure in that offense how much targets are going to go around, but I think he could be a red zone monster. 
Well, if he can if he can turn back the clock a little bit and be healthy and just be a threat out there where you have to respect him, yeah. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf yeah. him, I think that's going to be a really interesting offense. And you know Russ is, Russ is the type of quarterback that's going to open shit up for him anyway. Right. Like the running around and whatnot. Yeah. Like even if it's got six, seven seconds, just let me creep in here. Yeah, like Olsen will just like be yeah. looking around and then just like, yo, yo, and then just catch yeah. like a 30-yard up the seam. Yeah. So Greg Olson, from a leadership standpoint and what he meant to the Panthers organization, both in the locker room and on the field, and then on the flip side with Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper was was he more of a uh, a good fantasy player than a real player? Would you say? I, I think he's very good, but his numbers are inflated. I think just based on land being down so many games these last two years, he did pile up some garbage numbers. But I do think he's a very good player that you know makes defenders. I'm not gonna say that makes defenders miss, but he does break tackles. Like he's someone that will get the ball feel He'll make a guy or two just whether it's stiff arm or he has a little bit a little bit Tony Gonzalez where Tony Gonzalez is like the slowest like uh, cut. Like he'll make the slowest move, but the defender just they lose their positioning. He makes it work. So. Uh, it's just with Hooper. I'm not. I don't view him as someone like he's just not someone that beats man coverage a lot. He's just more of a player that takes what the defense gives him. I'm so dumb. How did I'm not I, how you forget about Cam? Man. How did I forget about Cam? <laughs> we man. talk about him so much, but yeah, it just has to be Cam Newton. Like, yeah, because uh, I'm. I just I found the Teddy Bridgewater sign to be bizarre. Hey, let me ask you because we, we didn't really spend time on this because when we released the AFC East episode, that's when Cam Newton mm-hmm. signed with the right. Pats. How do you feel about that fit? I haven't really. Asked, I don't think we've even texted each other about that. Well, I think we're just both so excited because yeah. you see him with Josh McDaniels. Because I know Cam's had great years in Carolina, but there's no denying that Carolina really just crashed that situation. Like, I think they misused, uh, as I like to say, malpractice. Like just the way they draft the receivers with guys like Funches and Benjamin, guys that can't get open, and just not really invest in the offense line. And when they did, they just completely botched it. A McLeal. And I just think now going to an organization like New England, a guy like Josh McDaniels, like they're going to cheer him right. Okay, the receivers aren't that great. But I just think the infrastructure there, offensive line, it's, he's in this now setting where it's like, okay, he could be more comfortable. And now he's working with a team that knows how to create mismatches. I just didn't think, as much as I like Ron Rivera, I just didn't think they ever really got it right offensively. It was just more of Cam's such a stud that he could elevate the players around him. Man, I saw his odds go from twenty-five to one to five to one to be comeback player of the year the moment he signed with them. It's gonna and be a I don't know, pick. I don't know if I moved the line, but I'm gonna take full credit for it because I put out the tweet, Cam Newton, and it's the it's the gif or gif of him with the towel over his head against the Giants. Oh, it's classic. He's kind of like he's looking away and he goes, "Classic, right?" That's before the four, uh before the last yeah. drive against the Giants. They won like 38 35. That was a that was a good ass game. That was a game with a baseball bat with Josh Norman. Wow. Josh Norman, Odell. Odell scores the touchdown and does the Tyron <laughs> Lue over him. Well, the Allen Iverson. Yeah. That was a really, really that was one of my favorite regular season giant games. Like this was 2015. 2015. Right? Yeah, the 15 and one year, one year yeah. for them. And uh I put out that tweet and I go, yo, Cam Newton right now at FanDuel is like 22 to 1 to win comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. Dude, an hour later, some fan texts me. Oh, hits me up on Twitter, and he says, "Yo, he's five to one now." He's like, "Yo, did you did you move the line?" And I was like, "I'm taking full responsibility, yeah. bro. The boy got juice." Yeah, it's just it's unfortunate. Doesn't really have a deep throw right now, but you have players that can make plays across the middle. Edelman, Sanu. We'll see what Harry could do. Like, I think, I just think being in New England, you have that comfort level there. It's like okay, you should feel pretty secured, especially with two geniuses there. 
So who's throwing the first touchdown to Cam? Is it Sanu? Or oh, it's got to be Sanu, man. Oh, it's got to be against the Jets. And like, I'm just going to leave Twitter for going. Like, this is the greatest moment ever. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. fantastic. That would be fantastic. Yeah. All right. Biggest, biggest storyline in this division. I think will Tom Brady turn Tampa Bay's now national relevance into genuine success? Can they win double-digit games? Will they make the playoffs? Can they win even a playoff game? Like, I can't even tell you the last time Tampa Bay won a playoff game. I know we bring it up sometimes about, okay, they made the playoffs, but then they lost to the Giants in the first round. Like, Was it the Super Bowl year, the last time they won a playoff game? Well, was that the last time they made the playoffs? No, no. They made it when they, remember the Giants beat no, them. No, no, no. I'm saying in 2007, the Giants beat them as a wild card team. I believe so. I remember I told my pops because I wasn't like, I knew betting, but I wasn't like degenning yet. I could look it up, but I'm pretty sure. I, I can't. Did they, they didn't make the playoffs with Josh Freeman. I remember they had that one year. The ten, Raheem they Morris. Went, they went 10 and 6. Yeah. That was the year that the Giants, 2010, the Giants and the Bucks both went 10 and 6, and they both didn't make the playoffs. And then the next year, the Giants go 9 and 7 and win the Super Bowl, which is so like, mm-hmm. it's it's so NFL and so yeah. backwards. But I just they've just been so off the radar for so long. That's the thing. So I'm looking up right now. Yeah, 2007 playoffs. They made the playoffs in 2005. They lost to the Redskins. Oh, man. I think like Patrick Ramsey was the quarterback. Dude, it was Ramsey and Chris Sims. Look that up if those were the starting Yikes. Let me see. This is uh, January 7, 2006. Skins win uh, 17 Joe Gibbs was the coach. Good. Clint Portis. Wow. Sean Taylor, not unsurprisingly, had a fumble for a touchdown. He scored in that game. Sean Taylor. So great Sean Taylor. Uh, quarterbacks. No, it was Mark Brunel. Wow. So it was Mark Brunel against Chris Sims. Chris Sims, though. Damn. Talk about <laughs> that, like, it just, Tampa Bay just been so off the radar. Like, all time, their playoff record is 6-9, and nine, and they've had 45 seasons. That's how bad this franchise has been. Well, they were a laughing stock for the longest well, time. Well, they had the, those uniforms everyone jokes about. The, the uniforms, and then it wasn't until, like, Dungy got there. Right. And then Gruden got there. Yeah. And that was, like, the Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John mm. Lynch... Simeon um, Rice. Ronde Barber. Yeah. Like, that was a really... Keyshawn Johnson yeah. ended up going there. Booger McFarlane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hold on, hold on. What was his name? Uh, Joe Jaravicious. Hey. Talk about some gems right now. Anthony Beck. Who yeah. was their quarterback? That Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Yeah. Did he make our list now, right? <laughs> that was a Joe Bear yeah, that yeah. main evented. I think Warwick Dunn just left at the time. He went to Atlanta. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you know what's crazy? They're winning his coaches, John Gruden. His record is 57-55. That's how bad this franchise has been. Now, I'm not, it's not a sign of John Gruden, but the fact that their winningest coach, his record was 57-55, barely over 500. So that's why I just want to see, like, okay, they're relevant. Tampa Bay's got, what, five primetime games? But can they at least make the playoffs? I think minimum they have to make the playoffs. Then we'll see where they end up. But, yeah, I just think that, that has to be a storyline. I know New Orleans, their Super Bowl contender, can they finally go over to home? But just based on you know the impact of Brady and Gronk, of course, can they finally just – Make the playoffs. Will they get a game in January? And can they compete with the likes of Seattle or Dallas or Philly, whoever it may be? What about the Saints? I don't think they're better than the Saints. No, I don't think so. That's why I didn't mention them. So like, like, I would say like Wild Card Weekend. Oh, like, Wild Card Yeah, weekend. I'm thinking like they play Wild Card Weekend. Will they play like a Dallas, Philly, or maybe even like a Seattle? Who knows how yeah, things man. end up. Yeah, yeah. And then having to go on the road as well. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. You know, I'm, I'm a little hesitant about the Tampa Bay hype because... I think there's a storyline, that's why. That's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. For me, it's it, it got to be the Saints. It got to be the Saints because, man, how much more left do you have with Drew Brees and Sean Payton? This this got to be 
It's a good thing they got a hair parent on the roster. He's ready to go. I, I think, uh, I think, well, one of the reasons why I think they went and got Jameis Winston is because he, you know, Drew Brees gets hurt. You saw how valuable having a capable backup is. And I think they see the upside there. There, there is some upside yeah. there. I think Sean Payne also is kind of like motivated to see, like, can I get something out of a guy who I think has been pretty much largely forgotten about? Like, no one was really making offers. I think Pittsburgh showed some interest. Right. But you didn't see any teams really going after James Winston. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think with Winston, he's going into a situation now where I think he's going to be a, a an elite backup quarterback. Especially with the starter experience, and now he's going to have. I don't want to take nothing away from Bruce Arians, but I think there's levels to offensive minds and going with Sean Payton and the weapons that they have and the infrastructure there. I think it's a completely different situation. But I think if you're just looking at the Saints, you don't have that much time left with Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is still an elite quarterback, but we've we've spoken about his decline the last two seasons a lot. You know, last year, you take it with a little bit of, you know, a grain of salt because he got hurt, and then when he came back, he was so fresh, mm. right? Now, like, can he keep that sustained freshness and and productivity for a 16-game season? And the playoffs, too. I thought he played poorly against Minnesota. Had multiple turnovers. This is, this is three straight playoff games mm. that he's played that he hasn't looked that good. No. Remember Even they, they he, were they were down what seventeen nothing against Minnesota. Then they had the comeback. They had the comeback, yeah. right? And there was there was a couple of wacky plays in that comeback right. too. But I just think that is it is it that he's 38, 39, 40 years old mm. in these seasons? Not everyone's on TB twelve, you know. <laughs> like no, not everyone is is doing what Brady's doing. So I'm really fascinated by that because I think if you're the Saints. I think Breeze is a big part of the reason why you gave Michael Thomas a $100 million contract. If you didn't have Breeze, I don't think you pay that wide receiver that much money. Mm-hmm. So I'm really fascinated to see what happens with the Saints. That's my biggest storyline in this division. Okay. All right. Let's wrap up the South Division with our biggest X Factor. I'm going to go with your team. I'm going to go with Todd Gurley. What else is back there for Atlanta? I just don't know how much the running game really matters in Atlanta. I know Gurley's a big piece. Can you make the case that they haven't had anyone, though, last couple of years? <laughs> Devontae Freeman is really good. I will back Devontae Freeman forever. Like, peak Devontae Freeman is damn good. Yeah. But I mean, like, the last two seasons, though. Well, I think they've just been behind so many games. That's true. That's a good point. I want to see what happens with Gurley because... Like I said, man, he's the oldest 25-year-old athlete I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. The way we talk about him, the way I was talking about him, too, I said he was shot around this time last year. And, you know, the first eight weeks of the season, I was right. Mm-hmm. Like, they were not – from week one against the Panthers, they were inside the five-yard line, and they didn't give him a touch. He had, like, no red zone carries for the first, like, five weeks of the season, four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, towards the tail end of the season, he started to heat up, and you're like, oh, that's old girly. Mm-hmm. And there's conflicting reports where the Rams didn't want to run him to the ground. Gurley said he wasn't hurt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's hearsay at this point, whoever, whichever side you want to believe. But he's going into an offense that's got some weapons over there. We yeah. know about Mount yeah. St. Julio. We know about Calvin Ridley. Matty Ice, I still think, is a fantastic quarterback. How's the offensive line in Atlanta? Hopefully we'll come to... They drafted two offensive linemen in the first round last year. 
That's right. And then one of them got injured, Chris Lindstrom. You know, Alex Mack's still there. Jake Matthews is very good, but it's been unstable just through injuries and you know, first-round picks either getting injured or the other one, Kale McGarry, did not look good at all last year. So I think Gurley, if Gurley could give you anything close to what he was, this might be a team that can make the playoffs. I think I think with what he brings to the table in the run game, in the pass game, Matt Ryan could check the ball down to him and he can make plays. I, I like the idea of Gurley on a cheap deal. You know, they didn't really break the bank for him. One year. One year deal. He might want to get paid, so I'm sure he's going to be fired up as well. And if you have this tool in your toolbox and you're the Falcons and Stone Cold Steve Austin is playing for his uh, his job. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dan Quinn. <laughs> I, didn't you post? Yeah, it just, man, Dan Quinn is not the most popular guy, so it's like I, I kind of forgot about that yeah. joke. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens with, Todd Gurley and the Falcons. That's my okay. biggest X factor. We haven't touched really about the Falcons. We haven't really talked about them. We talked a lot about Carolina and Tampa Bay. My expectations aren't high to keep it, uh, I guess, blunt. Uh, right now, I just the coaching situation, the defense looks very unsteady. Yeah, remember this is around the time last year when we were in PA. Hey. I go to you. I'm like, yo, you know who's going to be in the NFC title game? You're like, who? And I'm like, the Eagles and the Falcons. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck you see in the Falcons. <laughs> I was, I was like, I'm trying to get my first drink right now. But all right, man. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the pass rush. Uh, the offense line, a lot of questions. Uh, not to mention just the defense. It's just every year the Falcons. Can the defense look moderately decent? It's been quite a few. 20, 2017, they're actually pretty solid. But last two years have been a disaster. And I just think there's so much uncertainty there. And the schedule is also really difficult. They got to play the AFC West. So, you know, I know last year I was really harping on the idea that they were playing a lot of games indoors mm-hmm. and it just didn't didn't that, seem to their defense was league like historically bad at one point. Well, that year. one monster game that like Will Fuller had. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, that... Against the Texans and Will Fuller could have had like two more touchdowns than that. So that's why I, I'm not too crazy about Atlanta this so, year. Jeremy. So what would you say is the X factor for you? I, I got to talk about New Orleans. Are they going to be unified? We have to mention just the whole situation with the locker room. Like, okay, they want to handle it internally, but there's still there's a lot of big names there. You know, you talk about Cameron Jordan, Michael Thomas. These guys are not shy well, about now their Jenkins big. Malcolm Jenkins there. is big. You know, Janoris Jenkins, hey, he's still yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back there. So there's there's a lot of big names over there, and it's just will things stay afloat? And because look, there's got to be some internal frustration. Like three years now, they've lost some heartbreaking playoffs. And also like. Drew Brees had his statements mm-hmm. about the the flag incident. Yeah, and here's the thing, because there are people that feel that way. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's let's not be naive. Let's not right. be ignorant. There are people that feel that way. But if there was ever a situation, Drew, where you gotta just read the room, if you Face can it. read. You can read cover two. Can you not read? <laughs> like, bro, even if you feel that way, Alan, mm-hmm. even if someone feels that way, mm-hmm. there's a time and a place. And with everything that was happening with the George Floyd stuff mm-hmm. and the protesting, like I said, bro, even if you feel that way, you just don't say. And that. you have one of the biggest names in the locker room that's behind the movement, Malcolm Jenkins, right? Someone who's been on the team you know, years ago as well, and it's just it was an asinine statement, and just as someone in his position as the face of the franchise, I just I still think that's a huge storyline, and I just think the playoff loss as well. Like if they start off slow. You know, who knows? There's, there could be some rumblings. I know Sean Payton, fantastic coach. He keeps things pretty much stabilized there. You don't hear too much about it, but it's just at some point, will there be a breaking point? Because you just 
imagine three straight years like they had legitimate suit like all three years they could have been the super bowl like if they go to philly they probably beat that nick Foles team mm -hmm. uh they were an nfc championship probably should beat the rams if you know botched call yeah and then last year you know, who knows what happened if they would have played they would have been green bay and then san fran like yep so these past three years, you could argue they should have been in the Super Bowl each time. And now it's just if they get somehow off to a slow start. And then with that, and then just, you know, potentially Drew Brees. Who knows? Because yeah. like I said, you have guys like Michael Thomas, Cameron Jordan, Malcolm Jenkins. These guys are not shy of their opinions. So I think just the locker room in New Orleans is that's kind of like my X factor. Will things, if they start facing adversity, will things start to unravel there? I'm excited. I'm it's excited. a great division. I will always back the NFC South. It's always competitive. Yeah. It's always entertaining. It's just for some reason. I don't know. They don't get the national attention. But now with Brady there, just I think people might get sick of the NFC South of anything because look at you got five games with Tampa, then New Orleans. You know, so at the Lamb Show is where you can find me at Veterans Minimal is you can find everything for the show. Shout out to everyone that's been listening. We've gotten a good turnout last couple of weeks, last couple of months. I appreciate it. Continuing to give you guys some quality shit despite there being no sports but sports are starting to kick up a bit alan as always i appreciate it working the find you alan earns sports that's the t-o-o-e-l this one for those they forget in my city this dog off the leash and is ready to kill homie go finish your meal i'm coming for real taking that food right off of your grill nikki too ill can't let it drop and me spill clogging the lane i'm feeling the strain i'm here for the spot to be filled not to be cocky but all of you watching while i'm in the cup paying property bills This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.